welcome to my Black Ass Experience, the podcast. I'm AJ Lovelace. I'm Cami Hicks. And this podcast started out of necessity. Mm -hmm. um, literally out of needing someone else to talk about my black ass experience with. And then you had your own black ass experience. And then we were like, <laughs> we should share our black ass experiences together. Bring, with everyone. Bring it together. So for me, when I was first going out to the protest about May 30th, May 31st, I went out there to document originally. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get pictures and video because I'm an artist and this is what I do. Mm -hmm. I really believe that, you know, the artists and the documenters are the truth tellers of our time. Mm -hmm. um, when we can't rely on big budget media outlets, we really go back to, well, what were the, the accounts of the individuals on the ground, right? right? And I kept thinking about how I wanted to address my time out there. What did I want to, what was I seeing? What was I experiencing? Because very quickly, as I was trying to document, I became an organizer. Mm -hmm. I became someone who was speaking, and then Sorry. it was like, well, I'm not documenting anymore because I'm doing. Like, right. I'm no longer take, observing the story. I'm now in the story. Accidental activist. Yeah, right. That's pretty much, yeah. And wanting to continue these conversations. So what would happen is I'd like come off stage or I'd mm -hmm. come down from the steps of City Hall or whatever building I jumped on top of I wasn't supposed to be on. <laughs> and... Oh, that was you? That was, and so <laughs> I would talk to people and be like, hey, like, you know, people would come up and be like, I want to... They wanted to share their experiences with me and I would listen and communicate and I was like, oh, I really enjoy this. Mm. And when I'm not in the thick of things, I like being able to connect. That's what I'm all about. And Albert came up to me and he's been out there on the ground um, being a truth teller. And he was like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay, sure, what's up? And as we developed that friendship and you know this sort of co-activism if you will i don't know if that's a thing it is now uh, right it is now <laughs> then he was like oh i know this um black woman who's been out there and she's been wanting to talk about what she's experiencing her feelings and her thoughts and then it was like who is this woman who is she like tell me about her and we had this phone call and then you entered my life and Magic. you know you brought up this concept of how you saw the your version of a podcast going and it mm. was very in line with mine but you know even now like this is our like first official meeting which I think is hilarious <laughs> so funny, yeah. after weeks of talking about this I'm having right. deja vu like every other night right <laughs> <laughs> no I met her oh wait no we, we, we've never met well I think I was I started around the same time that you did just when everything started popping off mm -hmm. um just getting out there every single day with people that I kind of thought were down for the movement and then in the end it was just more for the media um, but I still kept going when my boyfriend did have to start going back to work he uh, stopped going so it's just kind of going by myself I have horrible social anxiety so the fact that I can actually get out there by myself was just like okay I'm in I'm, I'm really here for this like I'm, I'm here for this so I love photography I used to do videography and writing a lot more but I've picked up my love for animal photography and scenery so getting out there and be able to shoot crowds was just like you're capturing your own history. Like this is a movement that I'm a part of and that I'm here fighting with all these amazing people. We all have a general goal together and I'm sitting here, you know, capturing magic. And so I don't take my camera out as much as I should, but just being a part of the experience and then becoming part of the movement and joining different groups and being on the front lines and seeing what that's really like. Um, it's definitely 
radicalized me to like the eighth degree for sure and turned me into somebody like I definitely reintroduced myself this year um meeting amazing people like our mutual friend Albert who said one day in the car when we were driving back from Anthony McLean have you ever thought about going into radio like yes somebody gets it I want to do that and then we just had a great conversation and then he told me about you and then you know our epic first phone call for like half a day i mean literally like you i don't i hate being on the phone so the fact that i can be on the phone with you guys for that long and like there's just a connection and a flow of conversation you know is meant to be it was instant magic so i'm glad oh glad i mean, to be here i mean yeah and even like just today for me has been like this sort of like oh my god oh my god oh my god i can't believe it's actually <laughs> happening it's actually happening it's like he's real yeah like we you 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 actually want to do something and follow through on it because i meant what the one tear i meant it it's yeah. like you know i i jokingly said like you know people are flakier than oh a bag my of god. croissants man no. The flakiest, the flakiest. The flakiest. Right. I'm like, whew. But, so yeah. being able to pull this off, because that's what it feels like. It really does feel like, we pulled this off. I know. Like, <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for years, and I mm. thought like I had a great person to do. And I still think, you know, with, what it would have right. been that, but I mean, for a reason, it didn't. And, and things evolve. Exactly. Yeah. I exactly. think things totally evolve. Talking about evolution, mm-hmm. and you, you know, use a great term like I, you had to reintroduce yourself. Yes, and, and that's how I feel too. <laughs> well, I yes. really feel like I'm reintroducing myself because yeah. I just moved here in November. Oh, so yeah. when I went out to the protest, I went out by myself because I didn't no. know anyone. Oh my gosh! Wait, you never lived here before? You just moved here in November? Like, mm-hmm. dang, you're doing it. Okay. So I really didn't have anyone out there. So dang. when I stumbled upon the protest, wow. I literally was like, okay, so here's how it happened for me was. I heard everything had happened at um, Pan Pacific, all the burnings and Mm -hmm. everything had happened. Mm -hmm. And that was about five minutes from where I live. Mm -hmm. I just knew that something was happening and I knew that I needed to be there to be a part of it, to feel it. Because it was about what happened to George Floyd, what happened to Breonna Taylor, what happened to Ahmaud Aubrey, And it was just all of these things. And I was like, I need to be around other people. Right. That are who, feeling who, this. Who, you're right, right. Who are feeling this. And I needed to share this moment of intensity with people who clearly believe that injustice is being served and it's justice right. that needs to be served. Right. And so yeah. I was like, go downtown <laughs> right. to City Hall. That's where City Halls are. They are downtown. And I use, you know, basic logic. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what happened. I'm driving, I'm trying to navigate how to get downtown because my GPS is showing me that there are all these road closures, right? Oh so I'm my like, gosh, oh everything. God. Yeah. Oh. And I actually turned on the app Citizen and I was trying to figure out where people were and I saw where the most activity was. Right. And that's why I was like half following. So it's half following my GPS, that's half sad. following Citizen because I was like, oh, it says protesters. But it was like a couple minutes behind, so I was just missing the right. protesters. Oh no, but you could chase them. And then because this was the first day that the National Guard had been deployed, I was driving next to Humvees. Oh my God. Just literally yeah, yeah, in between yeah. Humvees trying to figure out where to go. Right. So then I like finally found a space to park and ran over to City Hall. And I would, you know, snuck my way up to the front to take pictures. Because right. I wanted to capture the magnitude of thousands of human beings out huge. there. Huge, yeah. And next thing I know, I'm speaking to they these... They you up. To people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy was like, speak, brother. Right. And just handed me the megaphone. Oh and he read the feelings on my face. right. right. And him as a non-black person really had the wherewithal at the beginning of this to say, I'm here in support of these people. Right. I want you all to understand that they are here to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. 
listen to them. That's literally how he phrased right. it. He said, listen to these people right. who are up here. They are trying to do this the right, right way. He said, I am not your leader. He said, these people here, these are your leaders. Right. I, I haven't, I saw that man maybe one other day mm -hmm. up at the front. After that, I didn't see him again. That's not to say he wasn't out protesting, yeah, but, but still, that is allyship. He power, recognized yeah. his role instantly. And he's instantly. like, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. And that's just like, he made a platform and then brought. He literally, like, right. He literally yeah. made the table, pulled out our chair and let us sit and right. then and left the table. The right, yeah. right, right. Oh my God, y'all enjoy. Oh my gosh. Did you ever get his name? No. I know he's been on the news, so I'm sure there's a way to look him up. Probably, yeah. Um, and we'll have to get him on the pod and be like, hey, I haven't seen you in right. seven months now, however many months But I remember what you did. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, even if he didn't come back out after that, what he did is still magic. Like, because it's usually like, listen to us tell you about our black friends' experience instead of, well, you know. Yeah, let our black ass friends right. tell you about their black <laughs> ass experience. Right. They can talk, but we won't let them. Like, mm -hmm. not cute. And so, you know, that was the moment where I was like, wow, I felt empowered. Right. Wow. <laughs> I know like for years, well, when we were living up north, like nobody cared about, nobody cared about this stuff and like black lives don't matter up there. So when we finally like moved here, like we only moved uh, to this area of July of last year. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I could go out there and be around other people who were feeling that same, like that, that power, that feeling, like I got it. I don't know where I need to be, but I need to be there. Like I just needed to be with those people that felt just, I just felt nothing but anger. I know Tamir Rice was when I like lost it, lost it. Like something's got to be done. And so I've been doing like a lot of fighting behind the scenes, but this was like the first opportunity where I lived. Like I can go out there and just be a part of that. And I just, you know, mental health wise, just have to step back here and there and just breathe. Cause there's days I'm going to go out there. I'm like, you know what? I'll take a bullet today. It's fine. And then other days it's just like, I just want to protect everyone and just, oh, it's, it's a mess, but there's no going back now. Right. Like right. And you, where and this journey goes, you know? And you and I have talked about a little bit about the fact that we want to discuss, we, we have a cute title for it, but about how we moved into the movement. <laughs> right. And so we'll talk about that yeah. on, on a different episode, Definitely. really in depth to focus on that. But when you and I first sat down and had a conversation on the phone and really were like, what do we want this to look like? You know, Chadwick Boseman had just passed right. and that propelled us into a space of I know. <laughs> I'm all I can't breathe. Just, just. I don't just, want to think about it. Just deep sigh, deep sigh. I mean, no matter how long, you know, how much time goes by, it's not gonna. I mean, literally, an icon. It's not gonna get any easier for sure. Yeah. I am so obsessed with Black Panther and all things Chadwick, and here you are in a Black Panther show. It's like <laughs> the first thing I noticed. Because the first thing uh, I noticed, he played. Jackie Robinson, he played James Brown, he played, you know, T'Challa, an African king in the fictional country of Wakanda. Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall. I mean, he was even working on a project where he was going to play the first African samurai. Yeah, yeah that was going to be, that was going to be live. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> want to talk about, I mean, being twice as good, he was like eight times as I know. great. I know. What I do respect is like, he never took a lower role. Like, mm. it was always this, these powerful influences that, he, I mean, he just conquered every every role he took on. So, to there was nothing that he couldn't have done or that he didn't do right. and perfected. 
I mean, yeah. not having him here, it feels like such a loss. And I think it's one of those things that, like, I know this is something that people say all the time, but it's like, especially just from the public's point of view, none of us saw it coming. No, no, nobody. Like, I thought, like, did everyone else know? And I just, I'm a bad fan now. Like, what happened there? But, I mean... I think for me, one of the things that, you know, as an actor myself and as an artist myself, just like, you think about all the times where you're trying to accomplish something, right? right. And how personal it is for you and how you feel like you're giving it your all every second of what you're doing. And it's like, Chadwick was giving it his all, all of the time. Right. And when you talk about that sort of influence, having people like him who are just kind of all around untouchable, right? Mm -hmm. And I say untouchable because there's always that pressure of being like the perfect black person. Right, right. And the fact that right. for all intents and purposes, he was, he was a black man, he was a human being like any of us, but he's an example of being the best of us as humans, exactly. the best human he could be. It's sad because the black community always has to feel like, oh, we have one who's like untouchable. They can't discredit this individual. I know. And we have to always fight to have those kind of role models in our community. Right. I saw this meme today about him. It's like, if no excuses was a person, it's like he is that person. Like, just, uh, yeah, we lost a great. That's for, I mean, he left us with greatness, but. It's not, I mean. No, no. I can't even watch uh, The Five Bloods yet. I, I haven't touched it. Have you? I haven't. Okay. I, I haven't yet. I can't. And it, it's, it's crazy because when I found out that he had passed, I was watching a film that he had produced as well as starting with Netflix called um, Message from the King. Mm -hmm. And I was watching it. Like, I'd started it. I'd mm -hmm. been, it's been on my queue since it came out. Right. Yeah. And literally, like, I was driving home and someone was like, I got a text saying that he had died. And I, I literally was like... Chadwick Boseman is not dead. I'm tired of these pranks. Like, I, right, I, I thought it was a prank. Right, right. And then, like, I was just... Thank God I was literally outside my home and right. I had parked to read the text because I don't... I would I'd probably still be on the side of the road trying to pull myself together. <laughs> right, no. I was definitely losing a family member for sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And his relationship with Denzel is something I want to talk about because yes. one of the things that yes. is so important, I feel like, for the black community that we need to have more of in general but especially in the black community is when someone quote unquote you know gets out or they reach this higher level of success mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. reaching back that's what denzel did for chadwick he reached back and really gave chadwick an opportunity right. to step into his greatness because right. imagine how much harder it would have been if chadwick didn't even have the beginning of that door open oh, for exactly. him Exactly. And you know, obviously Denzel being a black man, you have to assume that his blackness played a key role in his decision making to be involved. And the fact that he was like, yeah, I know what it's like to be a black kid who wants to act. Mm -hmm. How do I give back to them? Because right. again, it's like, yeah, we'll have a lot of allies who care and they're sympathetic to what we're going through and they, they help when, yeah. when they feel like it. But there's this, you know, thing called the ally fatigue and we'll talk about that on another episode <laughs> and I have she's laughing because she already knows how I feel we haven't met yet but we had a lot of conversations leading up to this moment and I've had some very strong opinions oh about gosh, that I'm so fatigued from that yeah it's like I'm fatigued by ally fatigue mm. um, that part <laughs> but yeah the, the importance of like reaching back and again having our black icons and role models to use their black ass experiences to help our black ass experiences you know continue to thrive like, as best as we can exactly he was literally an icon helping an icon come on he can see that like, you can just see him he had a presence just a strong presence with him talk about standing on the shoulders of right like literally standing on right it, it's it's interesting. It's like I thought that talking about this, even though we've had some time 
um, spaced out from. It, I thought, it, foolishly, I will admit, I thought, oh, okay, you know, it's not. It's like weighing on me more. It's harder. Like I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm thinking about it too. Like, okay, he's really like. I finally acknowledged like that article that said where he was laid to rest. Like, it's yeah. It's like I can't. no. I'm like super. I'm like feeling <laughs> really hurt. emotional right now. It's um. I'm really just thinking to myself. I'm like. It, it, it's bad. I thought some like when we first talked about doing this one. I'm like, okay, enough time will pass, and you watch these videos. Like I'm barely, barely even like watching videos like of memories of him like I watched one with him and Michael B. Jordan when they were doing the first one to laugh mm. and just his laugh was just so beautiful and then and then I was just like Ugh. it was <laughs> ugly ugly cry just from like what a gorgeous person like yeah. he, and I mean I knew it then and I appreciated it when he was here but yeah. just to have something that light just like I mean the stars I mean the sky is so much darker like, 100% sure. and that's a beautiful way to put it and I think the oh. one thing that I'm grateful for is that I don't think society at large took him for granted while he was here. I'm mm-hmm. really grateful we didn't do mm-hmm. that because oh that would gosh, be one of those yeah. things where like now we'd all be furious at each other for being like right. but remember when you said right I am furious at the people that did bully him when you could see that he was losing weight like because of how yeah and it was like deleting his own pictures and stuff like that's like you never know what someone's going through and then now we know for four years like no excuses was a person he was just knocking out these iconic roles and god he's a king yeah he's literally a king literally and an icon a king and even in talking about chadwick and his passing it's like also you know to top off 2020 you know losing kobe bryant and Gigi, and it's like that seems like 14 years ago because that's how long 2020 is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) it literally feels like it's almost it's like 2020 has been so wrought with difficulty mm. and crisis and tragedy that it's like you couldn't even get to absorb one moment and start to process. It's like every 45 minutes that's something new to process is like before you can even read that headline, here comes like, yeah. did we miss the killer bees? I don't remember them. Like I, so many things are happening at the same, it's, it's this year, man. It, yeah, <laughs> and it's just, I guess what I want to highlight with a couple of these people in particular is the way that we have like a handful of like black excellence examples, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not because there isn't black excellence throughout our community, you know, mm-hmm. famous, unrecognizable, day to day. It's not to say that that doesn't exist. It's just how many of us really get to a level where our impact can supersede maybe a few people that we know personally. And that kind of cultural impact to me is important because that shapes our communities. It shapes the influence we have maybe with our elected officials because they often rely on public figures to help bolster their message. Exactly, yeah. You know, you, you notice all of a sudden, like, there's always that time where all of a sudden, like, politics and celebrity just kind of mesh together everybody knows everybody yeah everybody's for everybody yeah and then once that's over it's like i don't know right and and it's (laughs) staring across the table i don't know you right and it it sucks because it's just like obnoxious again what happens to the black community continually underrepresented it's like we're here for the black community and then once it's all over everyone goes their separate ways and the black community is still like y'all got us where'd you go so yeah And I think that that's something that I want people to remember is that it's like, we've done this dance so many times and the black community has been used, abused, neglected, and abandoned. Since since the day before, the day before day one. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, I think a lot of people who aren't black 
don't get the frustration. They don't get it because they're just kind of like, we said Black Lives Matter, what do you want? And it's like- It's, it's, more, it's more than a saying, right. first of all. It's more than a t-shirt, it's more than a hashtag. It's like, it's gotta go deeper than right. that. And it's gotta continue longer than you saying it. Right. A lot of people's problems is they always only want to see what's on the surface. So if we're saying Black Lives Matter, that's on the surface. Don't go any deeper and look at the, what, the reason why we have to say it, all the history behind we have to say it. Black Lives Matter is enough. Don't you want it? Like, aren't you happy with that? It's like, no, we're not good. We're not. It's, we're not <laughs> good at all. We're not good at all. It's, it's, I mean, there's a lot more than just saying Black Lives Matter and waving a flag, man. A hundred percent. So I agree. Um, that frustration episode is going to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure um and in talking about you know kobe and mm. denzel and chadwick those men amongst other black individuals were really intentional and they and you you point you touched on it he didn't take lesser roles and to say that is to say that he really wanted positive imagery of black people to be in the media because we can't discredit the power of the media yeah, okay. it's the first thing that 45 attacks it's the first thing that people go to when they're like, you know, politicians are like, oh, oh, the media this, the media that, the media right. this, the media that. And it's like, so don't discredit the power of the media only when it can be highlighting positivity. Exactly. Yeah. And that's you know. exactly the time to cancel it for them. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's when they want to drop it and be like, oh, no, the that media... Can't be right. <laughs> right. Okay, you got it, doll. For me, it's just like, again, the, the power of imagery, the power of conveying these messages about the positive black-ass experience. <laughs> um, we're going to have to start a drinking game. There's going to be a counter on the episode. Um, but the black-ass experience can be a positive one. It is. I mean, you it, know, it, it, it is. is. No, it but is. you're right. It, it is. And... So white supremacy makes it a challenging yeah, and struggling yeah. and a difficult one. Without that, I mean, it's a beautiful experience. That's just the darkest day possible. And it's on, unfortunately, every day. That's just makes it a very dark experience. Unfortunately, but it is a beautiful experience. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're, no, you're totally fine. I'm just listening to you. <laughs> In talking about our experience and this in the struggle with white supremacy and how white supremacy often tries to diminish positive black imagery and is so bent on skewing the public away from that imagery, I want to hear because you know I've talked a lot I've talked about these really positive images of black men, but what about black women and the consistent, pervasive, and insidious portrayal of demonizing and diminishing? black women Absolutely. i mean michelle obama oh to serena gosh. williams oh to That's my lady right there you know and i just want to hear some of your thoughts on that because you know as malcolm x said you know the most neglected person in america is the black right. woman the most you know disrespected person in america is the black woman <laughs> if they would only listen to him i mean i mean they is the world um we don't get a lot of positive roles or ones to look up to like i was obnoxiously excited when Hidden Figures came out. And I was so disappointed in how many people weren't. And I mean, we know why. Had it been Julia Roberts, like Reese Witherspoon, and then like somebody I don't even care anymore. Like that just, I mean, you would have not ever not heard about it. So, and but honestly, since then, I really can't think of a all woman one with historic figures that no one even knew about before this movie came out. Like those were pretty big women in NASA, black women at that at the time like you never heard about that i never heard about that until we didn't learn about that in nope. school 
And I honestly now can't think of, that was what, four years ago when that movie came out? I can't think of anything since. That's even begun to start. So, and I mean, think about how many, right. oh, so to your point, think about how many space movies have come out yeah, without black people. I know. Let alone black women, and considering their contribution, <laughs> that those movies wouldn't even. So can we just again? This goes back to that whole thing about positive imagery and influence, and 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 the power of the media. So these black women back in the what fifties and sixties or sixties mm-hmm. about historically, these black yeah. women had massive contributions. Yeah to NASA. And now look at all of the movies that have been made in television shows, because I want to translate over to something here, right? right? So all of this media's been made, and all this money has been made thanks, thanks to, to... These three queens. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Never knew about them until a few years ago. Like, why was that? Well, there's a whole space section in school. Like, we all had the space camp, everything. Never learned, you know, maybe not everybody did. I don't know anybody's schools, but crickets, like. And still to this day, I cannot think of another movie, all women, that didn't involve like killing or like, you know, like, I mean, set it off as my movie. I'm not dissing it, but like a set it off kind of thing, like not positive imagery. Like, I can't think of a single movie besides Hidden Figures. I mean, if you think, well, maybe like Waiting to Exhale, but that's not even close. It's not a historical thing. I mean, we have history. We have deep, beautiful history of accomplishments in this country and we get a movie what every 50 years maybe and it's usually a slave narrative and then okay and then harriet they had to change that whole thing around that's i haven't even seen the movie but i heard the complaints about it that like they put a scene in there just to put a white savior in there that didn't even actually happen but of course can't make that movie unless we put that part in there it didn't happen but you have to have a white savior i won't watch that fucking movie (laughs) (laughs) i just won't watch it i'm done but that's what i mean like harriet literally saved this place or saved us and you can't even just let her you can't just let her be the hero without having a savior so i mean that could have been a beautiful movie but they kind of kind of took that away from us until they redo harriet i won't see it I think that's one of the things that for me is so difficult is just like, you know, we often talk about, you know, not saying why me, right? We say like, you know, you don't want to say why me, why me, you know, it's just not, but I feel like the black community has often had that moment of, but really though, why Why? us? Yeah, why? Right. Like seriously, like actually just contextualize the hate and just literally, you know, I often say make it make sense. But seriously, like, make it make sense. Nobody else can. So can you? Like, help me. Just help me understand. Like, I get it. I, it's legit a, a daily question. Like, why? They can't make it make sense either, though. That's no. I think it is one of those things that's purely so nonsensical. Um, one of the quotes that I love is that race is not the father of racism, it's the child. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, right, if you weren't already racist, yeah. you wouldn't have drawn these hardcore lines to distinguish and separate and disparage right, us right. and you even see it you know as they try to divide and conquer is a term i've heard a lot especially mm-hmm. being out in the movement is divide and conquer divide and conquer right. and it's true they divide all of the non-white groups from each other right. to continue to infiltrate <laughs> sorry like the way that you said it just made me like think about it like because you don't see like well i'm part german well i'm part scottish well i can't fuck with you like you don't see that because it wasn't enforced in to them only and others that are deemed a threat like us that's cute. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you just have right, to be I'm like, how do we? <laughs> like, just when you think about it, you put it out loud like that. It's just, that's so just, man, it's painful. I think this is a good place for us to take a little bit of a break. And we are going to probably plug a lovely black owned business right about here. 
Today's episode was supported by A Beautiful Life Jamaican Cafe, located on 1216 South Spring Street in downtown Los Angeles. A Beautiful Life Cafe provides traditional Jamaican cuisine with California vibes. Check out the menu online or even book the food truck. Go to abeautifullife.com and order your next favorite meal now. So we're back from our little bit of our break. We left off on the note of discussing how we have just been separated by our common enemy of the oppressor and this oppressive and racist system. But one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about Chadwick, because I think the minute we talked about Chadwick, you it, it brought our black ass experiences together, mm-hmm. right? Like I think Definitely. considering we hadn't met yet, right? Oh um, yeah. it really just pulled us together. And I feel like since this started with Chadwick, closing with Chadwick, and I, and I foresee obviously him coming up mm-hmm. time and time forever. Ahead. Because as we said, he is a king the same way that we see like Maya Angelou as one of our queens. Absolutely. And yeah. I think to briefly touch on this, and I think we'll come back to it for sure, is just the notion of kings and queens for us really is rooted in the fact that we were ripped from Africa mm-hmm. and taken from a position of prominence. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Africa is so desolate, why do they keep running back there to go right. and rape and pillage it? Right. Oops. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think for us, having kings and queens in our community and seeing it that way is because we've been pushed so far in the other direction mm-hmm. as being seen as less than human. Absolutely. So we need to see ourselves as bordering on superhuman, mm-hmm. which we have exemplified in many instances. Definitely, yeah. That's a notion that it didn't take the black community any time to jump mm-hmm. on board with. Mm-hmm. So in terms of seeing ourselves in, as kings and queens and having Black Panther come out and having yeah. that literal... King of kings. Bringing them up just still. It's raw. It is raw. I think... <laughs> it's really raw. I followed Chadwick's career for as much as the minute I was able to be aware of it, mm-hmm. right? So I think just before 42, I was aware. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I think I want to talk about Black Panther, it, it superseded representation. Mm-hmm. It went beyond inclusion. It was mm-hmm. literally an undeniable presence. Right. right. Right? It just was, we are here. We are Black. We Get on board. You. Right. Right. And I remember of the four times that I saw it in theaters. <laughs> that is so beautiful. I always cried, not at the big death sequence in the end of Killmonger. Mm-hmm. It was when they showed the African planes mm-hmm. and I just saw all those black people. Right. No, that was beautiful. I just saw so all beautiful. that blackness. Yeah. And they weren't being a part of chattel slavery. They were not in chains. They were not in the ghettos. They were kings and queens. Mm -hmm. They were the epitome of blackness. Living their best life. You know, (laughs) and again, it's that moment where the power of media. Right. Um, Think about how many times we've had to cram our identities into these white superheroes or these white characters. And Chadwick was like, no. Right. And you're not even going to cram my black experience into the nuance Mm-hmm. of slavery because there's more to it that's not, than just that's that. not just our history like that's not all that they want to acknowledge maybe but that's just yeah that's not all, that's not where our history begins of course and so i mean that's just a brief um kind of how i was personally touched by chadwick's work and why seeing him as a king is not a struggle by any means right 
it's very it it felt so natural when people started just calling him as like I mean we all did the Wakanda forever I mean that, that's never going away that's I, I did I did this uh, when we were giving out food for the unhoused uh, there was an old older lady she had to be in her seventies or eighties and she did it to me first and it was just like okay hold on I just hold on just man like even this little she couldn't even speak but she could do that and it just I lost it. Good thing I have the glasses and a mask on because nobody can see the ugly cry face. But I mean, that's never going away. This little old lady just like, that's all she could do. And just, oh, it's power. He did that. <laughs> and that's a king. Like... He did that, yeah. I think around the same time as when I noticed him when 42 came out, what I what inspired me the most is just giving up on dreams myself and just kind of letting like my love for like entertainment or writing and film go away and to know that he got his first leading role at 36 at the time I, I was not 36 but just the thought of like starting in my career that late just like I died so for him like you know no excuses I mean he was doing theater and everything before that but a lead role at 36 is not very common um, by that you're already old in the industry, yeah. you know, your time's already done. So and then he just kept growing and just getting bigger and bigger and then he just the richest character in the MCU universe, like the biggest character I mean, Black Panther. That's just it. And he just embodied that role. And I have so many people that I talked to afterward that heard hear him talk in interviews like surprised, like I thought he did have an accent. Like I thought he was really from like that's how good he is. Like he just made himself you know that's just that's who he was in that movie just opening day just felt like a child like just going to see the superhero that looked like me for the first time like the first time in my entire life I was an adult seeing somebody that looked like me on the screen as you know a positive superhero like I mean the movie itself is just gold but after that you know there was never there was never no respect for him before but it was like set in stone for forever and he's just a king he never took lesser roles to what everybody's point was that he was just always you can feel without even meeting him I felt without even meeting him just that presence and that strength and that courage and like the knowledge of like I am you know he, he just he was a king for sure he is a king for sure so I think that's why he was so important to me and to the point of you know kings and queens one of the things for me that I think is so clear is to lead so effectively from a distance mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. he felt like he was in, he's in inside of you, right. you know, like right. inside of your being. And it's like, I think a big part of why we see him as this king is like the, the, the leader of our nation. I know. Is someone know. we don't even want to be in spitting distance of. Mm -hmm. And he's not That's a leader of our nation. He is a person in the highest office. Yeah. He's just kind of the boss yeah, he's playing of a role. things. Okay. And to that point is the lack of leadership mm -hmm. and then to have these artists exemplify greater leadership right. than the people who are supposed <laughs> right. to be our leaders. Right. It really just makes you look and think, what? And this is something, this is why Chadwick Sad. is Chadwick is because during his SNL monologue, and we're going to tag it oh in the end gosh. of this, he said a lot of people kept coming up to him because he's playing T'Challa, who's obviously right. the president of Wakanda. Right. And he, they were like, would you run for office? And he goes, why would I, as a serious actor, go and become a reality star? Right. Oh, my gosh. Click. The most Click. sophisticated and the classiest shade. He like... Just 
He said, why would I go be a, a reality star when I'm a serious actor? And I said, He's like, I got a job. <laughs> and he knows how to do his job. Oh my gosh, so well. So well. So, and, and, and just to kind of, you know. I mean, hit him with style. For real. Oof. And to even just, the last, again, it's, you, I, I just have a hard time when people undercut the power of media. They mm -hmm. undercut the power of influence mm -hmm. from these very visible people. Right. Because he's a public figure. Mm-hmm. And he's doing better than our public servants. Hello. The last post, and we have to, in retrospect, look at, you know, he's got to have foresight. I think he had foresight from the minute oh, yeah. he started becoming an actor. Right. Yeah. Um, and the last thing he put out on his social media was about using your power mm -hmm. as a citizen of the United States to vote and showing representation of a black man supporting a black woman. Mm -hmm. yeah. How I mean, can he be more perfect? If there's if there's a way to just <laughs> I know close out I'm never going to be okay with his passing. No. I'm just not I'm just no. not I'm just allowing myself the space to not be okay no. with it. But if you want to talk about getting the job done. I know start to finish oh if no excuses was a person for sure how do you close out something that no one wanted you to close out but then like it's it's literally like when people beg for an encore right oh we're gonna be begging for that encore i mean it's Perfect. inevitable of course but like we weren't done <laughs> he wasn't done for sure yeah and on that note you know we may be done with this episode but we are not done discussing our black ass experiences <laughs> at all um i'm so happy to be here with you i know nice to meet you <laughs> nice to meet nice you to too meet you. Hope you have a good day right oh my gosh and no this to, is a pleasure yeah and then we have more to do more to do so chadwick <sighs> forever chadwick forever i want to thank everyone for listening i want to thank everyone who has supported us and uh, collaborated with us to make this podcast and to bring to you my black ass experience. Um, I'm here with Cami, and I'm AJ. <laughs> Be safe and we'll see y'all soon.